You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Lockdown Kentucky Podcast. We bring you info and insights on UK football and basketball every weekday. Stay informed by making us part of your morning or afternoon commute. Listen and follow for free on Apple or Google Podcasts. Simply subscribe to Lockdown Kentucky. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56, along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. Students, starting at 10 a.m., we've got a free tailgate. Free beer for those of age, free food. Free beer, Kyle. I don't think I've ever heard in my time (laughs) of college basketball a head coach of a college team announcing free beer for the students, if you're of age, of course, prior to the basketball game. I I, I think it's unprecedented. Yeah, Chris Beard's a really cool coach. (laughs) And, uh, you know, you're out – look – I don't know if you've checked out a map, uh, but Lubbock, Texas is not near anything. <laughs> right. There's not much going on out there. Um, my editor lives uh, at, in Texas and is very familiar with the whole landscape. And he's like, well, I hope at least you get some good barbecue at some point. But there's not, <laughs> there's just not a whole lot else out there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you, you offer free beer and Kentucky's coming to town. Uh, it's probably going to be a big event. In Lubbock, Texas. And yeah, so let's let's go ahead and play uh, the whole thing up to the free beer. Here is this is this is on Twitter. This is Chris Beard and their junior guard Davide Moretti, which <laughs> he's Italian, and there is an Italian beer out there called Moretti, <laughs> by the way. Uh, but this is on Twitter. This is them putting this out there. The Texas Tech men's basketball Twitter account putting this out there from Chris Beard and Davide. Ready. Raider Riot and all Tech students, thank you for your support this season. As you know, next game's a big one. This Saturday, 5 o'clock, we host Kentucky. We are going to Blackout, the USA, and uh, we have got over 2,300 seats left for students. So I ask all of our students to wear black and come to our game. Students, starting at 10 a.m., we've got a free tailgate. Free beer for those of age, free food while student supplies last. For those students with the Kentucky Guarantee wristband, make sure you follow your email instructions on how to pick up your wristband before Friday. The doors open for you starting at 2.30 p.m. on Saturday, but you must be at the arena by 3 p.m. or you join the general line. Again, students, five o'clock tip this Saturday, Kentucky here at home in the USA. If you were fortunate enough to get the wristband to guarantee your seat, you've got to get that wristband by Friday. Follow the instructions on your email, and you've got to get to the game by 2 o'clock p.m. on Saturday to assure that the wristband gets you in. All other students don't have the wristband, no problem. Well over 2,000 seats left for students. Get to the game, come camp out, support your team. Guns up. Guns up. So there you go. It's a free tailgate starting at 10 a.m. local time, which is seven hours before tip-off with free beer for students and free food. I mean, like I said, unheard of that they're doing this kind of promotion. Not only is it that, but it is Texas Tech students already started camping out for seats Thursday afternoon. Uh, They're doing uh, like a blackout, so they're giving out black T-shirts. Fans are asked to wear black for the game. Texas Tech has put out a hype video for the UK game that is unlike any video I've ever seen 
as a hype video for a game because it's like a horror show type thing, like lights out, blackout type thing. I've never seen a horror themed hype video. Uh, it's award award worthy in my opinion. Check it out, Texas Tech men's basketball Twitter account. Uh, and then on top of all that, like um, TickPick or one of these ticket um, secondary ticket sellers has put out there that <laughs> don't say that too quickly <laughs> uh the, they put out there that like the lowest price on the secondary market is 270 dollars to get in the average price is 393 dollars, wow. which is the highest average price of any basketball game that they're reselling right now uh the highest price like four seats off four rows off the floor is fourteen hundred dollars like you said, it's in Lubbock, the middle of nowhere, West Texas. They are pulling out all the stops, as you know we've seen in across the SEC. We saw it last Saturday with Eric Musselman going on Twitter and pleading for fans to come to the game. Uh, they built that thing up as you know their their chance to have a coming out party for Razorbacks basketball. Texas Tech is doing the same thing. When Calipari says we're everybody's Super Bowl. It gets old. You hear it over and over again. But th- this is what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah and, and th- I think I think the good thing for Kentucky is being Kentucky, after a couple weeks, this is commonplace to you. You know, once they start going on the road. They take a while to get on the road because they play all home and neutral sites before Christmas. Right. Um but once they once they start going on the road, it's like how many trips do you need before you realize like man, it's going to be bonkers every time we go in someplace. Um, yeah, I'm watching this hype video now. It is pretty cool. Um, that place will be nuts, uh, but it won't be even if it's incredibly loud. It will not be louder than Bud Walton Arena was, uh, and so you know these guys should understand what they're going into and you know i I was whatever you think of arkansas and they turned around and lost again and you know they're undersized and they've got flaws they had a great start but they've got flaws and they may get exposed as the season goes along whatever you think of texas i mean of of arkansas as a team i think it was enormous that kentucky that that place got to that fever pitch that it got to that it was a you know kentucky trailed pretty deep into the second half, you know, eight Took minutes to go. And, and that wall of sound hit them in a hostile environment, and they just dropped the hammer. Um, I mean, they, they, they played their best basketball of the season, basically, in those eight minutes when it was as loud as a place will ever be. So I, I feel much uh, better about Kentucky's chances to go handle this environment, even if it's crazy. Uh, because they just did that, so you know, and they, and they've got the exact same thing coming next weekend because Auburn Arena is is wild. Every it's a little arena yeah. comparatively, but it, it, they pack it out, especially when Kentucky comes and they get nuts, uh, and it'll be crazy too. And then they go to Tennessee the next Saturday, so mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I mean they're going to have a month of Saturdays where the place is just off, like completely off the rocker, um, and I think that's good for them, you know. They, they will learn um, to handle the noise. They've already done it once. And and then the great thing about the NCAA tournament, if you're Kentucky, is you don't play any road games. Right. Well, for I mean, for Calipari, he said that, you know, yes, they, they 
have been prepared for this with the Arkansas game, but he thinks it'll be even more than that. Uh, but here, here's the thing about Texas Tech. They are really good at home. The Red Raiders have won 54 consecutive non-conference home games, a streak that began even before Chris Beard was hired. December 30th, 2013 is when this streak began. They're 9-1 and at home this season. The lone loss is to the current number one team in the country, Baylor. They're 59-7 and overall at home under Chris Beard. Now, the other thing, Texas Tech is 0-2 in ranked versus ranked matchups this season, Baylor being one, West Virginia being the other loss, because Texas Tech was unranked when it beat then number one Louisville. Um, yeah. UK, though, overall 4-0 against Texas Tech all-time. The only time they played in Lubbock was 1965. Last meeting between the two teams was 1994. That was in Cincinnati, neutral court game. Uh, but – uh, it's yeah, they're they're really good at home. They, you know, you mentioned all the non-conference games they've won, but even when you throw in the Big Twelve, which has some really good teams, the last three years they've lost one home game each year total, yeah. and they were all to top fifteen teams, all by five points or fewer. They lost to, I'm just going by what they were in Ken Palm, number nine Kansas by two three years ago. Last year that was their only home loss. Last year they lost to number fifteen Iowa State by four. And that was their only home loss. And this year they've lost to number one Baylor uh, by five. Um, you know, and so yeah, so they're formidable yeah. at home. That's a no it's doubt. a it's a rowdy place. If you watch that hype video, you can see like it's it's not a not a tiny arena. I don't know what it seats actually, but it's not. I a have tiny no arena. idea what it seats. Uh, yeah, Fifteen, the United Supermarkets Arena. They call it the USA. The the the, the uh, storied United Supermarkets Arena. It seats. Uh, Fifteen thousand, so it's a almost a top. It's just shy of a top twenty-five uh, Division One arena in terms of size. Yeah. Um, so it'll be, and they'll be, it'll be every bit of that. They'll probably, you know, standing room only. It'll probably be closer to sixteen thousand. So uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. It's I always like getting to go to a place I haven't been. A couple of years ago, got to go to Kansas in this for this Big Twelve uh, challenge, and that was amazing. I wish I could go to a game every year at Kansas. It is. Uh, that is probably the best, just in general, best home environment, you know, yeah. on a game-to-game basis over the span of however many decades. It's it's terrific. It is kind of what you would think Rupp Arena would aspire to be, almost sort of what maybe the reputation of Rupp Arena is, but it doesn't actually live up to every on a night-in, night-out basis. Right. Um, so I'm looking forward to this, adding this one to the list of places I've never been. All right, much more talk uh, to get you ready for this Texas Tech game coming up on Saturday when the Locked On Kentucky podcast returns. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Okay, we're back here on the Locked On Kentucky podcast talking about this game Saturday against Texas Tech. Uh, Before we get back to it, though, I watched that uh, Michigan State at Indiana game tonight. Indiana beat Michigan State uh, in a great game. I mean, Indiana Assembly Hall, one of the great atmospheres in college basketball. You're just talking about Fog Allen and what an atmosphere that Texas Tech is going to be on Saturday. Indiana juiced up for this game. And it, it was one of these games where they just kept trading blows. Like, every time down the court, it was a punch, you know, to the jaw each time. Back and forth, back and forth. And Michigan State had really good point-blank opportunity to tie the game, send it to overtime. But uh, the thing about 
uh, that came out of this this game that Kentucky fans are most interested in is that there is now a halftime promotion at Assembly Hall where an Indiana fan comes out at halftime and tries to recreate the Christian Watford shot that beat Kentucky in 2011. That is very funny. I uh. mean, just add <laughs> add another layer of ridiculous over-the-top celebration of a single game in, you know, December in the regular season. Right. In a in a game where they wound up losing a to Kentucky in the tournament. In the Sweet 16, didn't they? Like they had a rematch, and Kentucky goes on to win the national championship, and they beat you and got a revenge win in the same season to win the national title. Yeah. And 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 that's what you're reliving. Yeah. Like, that's your greatest moment since... I mean, it kind of is, though. I mean, that's the thing. That season is their high watermark since, I mean, forever ago. I... I guess since the random national championship game that Mike Davis coached Indiana to that was that still defies logic to, to this day. But And uh, you fired that coach. Yeah. I, Tom Green is no longer there. You got yeah, rid of it's, him. It's really weird. Like they made the popcorn boxes and they right. like, you know, I think they had some kind of was it they did they give out rings commemorating it? They did something. They've commemorated it in a number of ways. Um but yeah It's not, not even a Big Ten win. And you they don't even had, play Kentucky on an annual basis anymore. Yeah, they haven't been even to the Elite Eight since 2002, which was that year they were the, the runner-up under Mike Davis. Um, which so they, it's, been, they, it's been 18 years since they've uh, even been to the Elite Eight. Um, ironic that that year that Mike Davis took them there, they, they played in Rupp Arena. Oh, really? I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, that was uh, part of the NCAA, uh, I guess, round of – either 64 or, or 32. Uh, yeah, they, it's or, I mean well, I guess, I guess, I guess that's the kind of stuff you celebrate when you when you're a you're a storied program that still wants to be considered a storied program but you haven't really kind of been close to the mountaintop in a very very long time. All right, well let's get back to Texas Tech and look at the the Red Raiders team. This what, is a different what, team. One other thing about okay, Big ahead. 10 from the Big 10 scoreboard tonight. Ohio State lost again. Yeah. On a shot at the end against Minnesota. And they have now lost six of seven since they beat Kentucky before Christmas in Las Vegas. And they are one game out of last place. That's in unreal. Big, in the Big Ten. I can't believe it. I they mean, might miss the tournament. Yeah. I mean, at this point, the only thing keeping them afloat, and they're still really high in all the Have metrics, they had an injury? I mean, what's happened? I, I really don't know. I don't, th- I don't think they – I think they may have had one guy out, but I don't think he was a major – a uh, guy of major consequence, but they have lost. Um, the, the reason that, like, they're still 14th, even after the loss tonight, they are 14th in Ken Palm's rankings. Well, that makes no um, sense because, but they piled up wins in the in the non conference. They beat Cincinnati, uh, they beat Villanova, they beat uh, North Carolina, they beat Penn State, and they beat Kentucky all by December 21st. And those are all top 50 wins except for North Carolina. Um, but they won that game on the road. Um, but, but you just named off, what, like five wins? Well, they just lost six. Right. I'm just. I'm, my point is they, I mean, they got five quality out. wins. They probably have as good of five wins as about anybody in the country. But, yeah, they and, and the other thing is they haven't lost anybody bad. They have not lost a single bad game. Like where Kentucky now basically has four bad losses if you throw in Ohio State. Uh, they have none. They, they've lost to Minnesota, West Virginia, Wisconsin, Maryland, Indiana, Penn State, Minnesota. Those are all top 39 
in the Ken Palm. Um, so they have five good wins and no bad losses. But at some point, just the sheer volume of the losses, they're two and six in their conference, um, is going to catch up to them. I mean, at this point, whatever the metrics say, they've got to start winning. And, and there's, <laughs> yeah. there's no relief in sight. Like, they have Northwestern next. They should beat Northwestern. But then it's Indiana again, Michigan, Wisconsin, Rutgers, Purdue, Iowa, Maryland. That's six consecutive games yeah. after Northwestern against the top 40. Um, the Big Ten's pretty unforgiving, and they're just – they can't figure it out right now. Uh, it'll be – if this continues, like literally Kentucky, every single loss for Kentucky will be would be qualified as a bad loss. Mm. Well, a big win would be at Texas Tech. But yes. uh, this, this team's a little different. It is – Similar in a way to Arkansas in that the the kind of guys that Texas Tech plays. So 6'4 freshman, Jemias Ramsey, leading scorer, 15.5 points per game. He's 40% from three, 31 of 77, five rebounds a game. He had 20 points and five threes against Baylor. 6'3 junior, Davide Moretti, 13 points a game, 38.5% from three, 40 of 104. He had 23 points against Creighton. 6'6 grad transfer Chris Clark. Now, he just gets six and a half points a game. But he's their leader in assists, 5.6, and rebounds at nearly eight per game. Virginia Tech transfer, who's a good player. Yes, yeah. Uh, 6'4 sophomore Kyler Edwards, almost 12 points a game, four and a half rebounds a game. But he had back-to-back 20-plus point games last week, 24 against Kansas State, 22 against Iowa State. He went eight of ten from three over those two games. 6'6 freshman Terrence Shannon, 11.4 points per game, 4.3 rebounds per game. He scored 24 points against DePaul. And then 6'8 senior TJ Holyfield, uh, the sixth man off the bench, 8.7 points per game, 4.6 rebounds per game. But if you listen to what I said there, let me bring it all back. 6'4", 6'3", 6'6", 6'4", 6'6". In their top eight rotation, 6'8's the tallest guy that's in there. The rest of them are 6'6 six, six or shorter. You've got four guys who average double-figure scoring. You've got four guys who have had 20 points in a game this season. So that is similar to Kentucky in that four guys averaging double-figure scoring and four guys who can go for 20 or more points in a game. But what's different is Kentucky's size advantage where you're talking about Nick Richards, Keon Brooks, EJ Montgomery uh, versus they got 6'8", T.J. Holyfield. Yeah, who finally, you know, those three guys for Kentucky finally had, really for the first time this season, a game where all three of them played really well. Um, And so, you know, the timing of that is good. Um, They are similar to Arkansas in that, like, they play small. uh, They've got one sort of big man. They've got multiple guys who could go off and have gone off in a season. Um, and they're gonna they're gonna try to really disrupt you defensively. Um, very good defensive team. They're seventh in the country in uh, defensive efficiency. Uh, they're eleventh in the country in turnover percentage. They turn you they turn people over almost twenty five percent of the time. Yeah, uh, which is a ridiculous turnover percentage. Um, you know, offensively they're they're kind of blah. They're 99th in offensive efficiency. Um, which has kind of been their, their bugaboo. They don't really score it very well. Uh, the game they lost uh, to TCU, they scored 54. Uh, the game they mm. lost to West Virginia, they scored 54. The game they lost yeah. to Baylor, they scored 52. Um, right. 
you know they've they're they're not uh, they're not really a well-oiled machine offensively. And I think for that reason, I think when Kentucky gets in these defensive slugfests with with teams that are pretty good. Um, it really is more to their advantage, especially if they have a big size advantage because you just throw it in there to Nick Richards and that can be the mm-hmm. difference. Um, yeah. So uh, I actually like the matchup pretty well for Kentucky. I mean, it's going to – Texas Tech will make it very unpleasant and uncomfortable uh, for sure, but I think they've they've been tested enough that they're ready to, to deal with that. So um, – but it'll be, it'll be interesting. Uh, you know, it's like a more talented – South Carolina almost, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, maybe. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I, if Nick Richards just plays the way he's played for like seven, eight games in a row now, um, I think they win the game. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we'll talk more about this matchup uh, a little bit more and uh, kind of look at the SEC Big 12 Challenge lineup uh, when we return here on the Locked on Kentucky podcast. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Kentucky is a great way for your local business to reach passionate UK fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with UK fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com forward slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit at LockedOnPodcast.com forward slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. Okay, we're back here on the Locked On Kentucky podcast and Texas Tech coming up at 6 o'clock Eastern time on ESPN Saturday. Uh, Big slate of games in the SEC Big 12 Challenge, but uh, you mentioned it right before we went to break. Texas Tech, uh, what they do turnover-wise they are averaging 17 forced turnovers a game, 16 assists per game. UK averages about 15 assists per game, about 13 turnovers per game. Assist to turnover ratio, Texas Tech 1.18, UK 1.16. Texas Tech nearly eight steals per game. So the defense is what they're good at. 31st in scoring defense at uh, 61.8 points per game. Opponents uh, scoring Kentucky, though, 64.7 points per game. You would think... Uh, that Texas Tech would shoot a ton of threes because they're so guard-oriented. Only 21 per game. They don't make a ton of them. And UK is 30th in the country in three-point field goal percentage defense at 29.2%. Texas Tech also, with that small lineup, not especially a good rebounding team. Kentucky 34th in the country in rebounding margin at plus 6.3. Free throw-wise, I started looking at Texas Tech. Well, they get to the line a lot. Uh, pretty good, 75.7%. They're 274 out of 362. They're second in the Big 12 and made free throws. UK's on another level when it comes to that. UK is 330 
out of 430. Again, Texas Tech 274-362, UK 330-430. So again, a point that Jimmy Dykes loves to put on television is that Kentucky makes more free throws than their opponent even attempts. Kentucky's 11th nationally in made free throws. Also, Another thing in Kentucky's favor, as good as Texas Tech is on defense, Kentucky's 23rd nationally in block shots per game at 5.2. Texas Tech is not uh, a big shot-blocking team. They're a turn-you-over team. Yeah, I mean, the, the shot-blocking is a thing that I think has really come along. They've, they've been missing it in recent years. Every, every time Kentucky's had a really good team, they've had a really good shot-blocker or a team that's really good at blocking shots. And they've that's kind of dipped recently. But Nick Richards and in and, and to a certain extent EJ Montgomery, I mean the play of the game the other night was him swatting Anthony Edwards yeah. and getting a, a, a bloody lip. You know, they've been able to start um getting after it a little bit in that regard. And Nick Richards now, you know, he's got a chance, he's on pace, I think, to, you know, get 80, 90 blocks in a season, which is where that's that number where where it's a, it makes a difference. And and the thing too about Nick is he's so long he's seven feet tall with a seven five wingspan that even when he doesn't block he tries to block and he doesn't get it he alters so many shots you see the you see the trajectory on some of these misses these high arcing as guys try to float it up over him uh yeah i think you can add ej and Keon in that mix with him you know yeah so i mean I, i think it's a big deal uh, that Nick has finally become a pretty reliable shot blocker. Um, you know, he's good for a couple of games. I think he's third in the SEC in block shots now. Um, that's a big deal. Just they, they have, I think they have really, as much as almost any other thing, when you go like, why are they not, you know, why have they not played to the same level as they did in those early years under Calipari? A big part of it is rim protection. They just haven't had that dominant big guy. Willie and Cauley Stein, Nick is, Noel, Anthony Nick's, Davis. Yeah, Nick's kind of becoming that guy. He's got he's got forty four blocks this season. He had forty seven all of last season, um, in thirty seven games. This year yeah. in, in eighteen games he's got forty four. Right. So if they you know, if they play thirty six games, which the regular season's thirty one, you play two or three in the SEC tournament, that's thirty three or thirty four, and you play uh, two or three in the NCAA tournament, you easily easily get to thirty six games. So at the halfway point of the season, he's on pace for 80, 88 blocks. Uh, yeah. And that the last time anybody had that many was Carl Towns in 2015. He had like, I think he had like 88 blocks. Um, so well, let's, let's listen to, to Chris Beard talk, to Texas Tech head coach. He mentions in this uh, soundbite you're going to hear here, he mentions uh, that rim protection and also has huge compliment for John Calipari. In terms of Saturday, I guess, what have you seen from Kentucky? I know everyone kind of knows the brand name, but they got some real good players, Tyrese Maxey, Nick Richards, and kind of all those guys. Uh, good as advertised. You know, it starts with their coaching. Um, you know, these big-time programs that have all the players and have all the five stars, sometimes the coaching doesn't get um, enough attention. It's like in our league. We, we, we know in our league that Bill Self is one of the best coaches in the history of college basketball, but sometimes the identity of Kansas is all the great players. I'd be really quick to tell you and 100% accuracy, you know, Coach Cal is one of the best that's ever done this. Year in, year out, he puts new teams in positions to be successful, and this year's team is no different. They have an identity. They're an aggressive offensive team that tries to get to the free throw line. Uh, they're a really good defensive team. Again, sometimes, you know, the identity is the players and the brand, but um, very similar to when we played like Duke last year, or Kansas, or 
Um, you know, Louisville this year, these teams are really good defensively. They have rim protection with their length. They have great guard play. Um, so this is a great Kentucky team. To me, what kind of sticks out is you think Kentucky depends on freshmen, but this year only one freshman in their starting lineup most nights, and they only play two or three. So um, it's kind of dangerous to think about Kentucky having returning experienced players, but that's what this year's team is. Uh, you know, they're definitely a pick to win the national championship and a Final Four team in my eyes. Okay, so you can hear Chris Beard is clearly a fan of John Calipari. Uh, doesn't think that he just rolls the ball out there, that, uh, and he likes the team that uh, Calipari is uh, bringing in to uh, USA, the, the whatever United Supermarkets Arena uh, down there in Lubbock. Uh, so uh, as much as there's the, you know, the free beer and the buildup and all that stuff, it's, it's because Chris Beard, you know, believes he's he's facing a big-time team, not just the brand name of Kentucky, but uh, a really good opponent, and he knows how big of a win it would be uh, for them to get it. But let's let's look at the rest of you know the slate. Now, Kentucky and uh, Texas Tech, it's the only SEC Big 12 challenge matchup with two ranked teams, which kind of sucks that that's the only one you get. Where both yeah, it's teams kind of are a ranked. kind of a blah slate, honestly. Yeah, you start at noon. You've got Missouri at West Virginia. Yeah, Missouri's the, one and four in the league and nine and nine overall. Not great. Uh, also at noon, Iowa State at Auburn. I just don't see Iowa well, State. Yeah, it's like there again. Like it's the reverse of the other matchup we just mentioned. Auburn's one of the better teams in the league, and Iowa State's nine and nine, zero oh and four in the league. Right. Uh, so, you know, they didn't, the, the matchups didn't work out great. Where the best, you know, Auburn, West Virginia would be a great game. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, well, uh, it, the two <laughs> o'clock games, I like both of them. Neither, none of the teams are ranked, but I do like it. Two o'clock, LSU at Texas. Yes. LSU snuck out some road wins in the conference. Texas has, I mean, they look like if Shaka Smart doesn't turn this around, he could be done there. So we'll see what, what Texas is made of, what LSU is made of in this one. And then also Mississippi State at Oklahoma. Oklahoma's not that bad. Mississippi State's kind of, you know, on the on the uptick here. So that'll be a good one. At 4 o'clock, Tennessee at Kansas. Uh, at Tennessee, not lost. Lamonte Turner, maybe, but no. Yeah, but Kansas is, is kind of just emotionally reeling from they are. You yeah, know, that the aftermath of that brawl. You know, how does that impact it? This certainly a chance – you know, Tennessee hasn't been bad. They haven't been good, but they haven't been bad. Uh, and if they could pick off Kansas at Allen Fieldhouse, that's a chance to get yourself in the tournament mix. Uh, so there's there's something on the line for Tennessee, and there's uh, kind of a lot swirling around Kansas. I actually like that game. I, I'm curious to see how it goes. Well, I'll be tuning into that game. I won't be tuning into Oklahoma State at Texas A&M. Absolutely nope. could not care less about that one. Also at 4 o'clock is TCU at Arkansas. It'd be interesting to see if Arkansas can bounce back there. TCU coming off a home win against Texas Tech. Then, of course, at 6 o'clock, it's Kentucky-Texas Tech. Also at 6, it's Kansas State at Alabama. I think Alabama has got a good shot to, to win that game. Uh, but my favorite game, outside of you know watching Kentucky-Texas Tech, my favorite, intrigue, most intriguing, is the 8 o'clock game with number one Baylor at Florida. Yep. The Gators are seven seven and one at home. Only loss was to Florida State on November tenth. Last home game beat Auburn sixty nine forty seven. Coming off that road loss to LSU, uh, where that was a crazy finish. Florida definitely had a chance to to tie that or win it. Um, so I I don't think I mean Baylor's really good, but as we've seen, so many. 
teams we've thought are really good wind up losing uh, to teams you think they should. Well, and have. especially road games. You know? Yeah, I, I, and that's going to be it's going to be rowdy. The rowdy reptiles. I think Florida will come to play. I, I believe they will, and that could be that could be possibly a, a setback for Baylor. It'd be yeah. huge for the SEC to win that game. Yeah, it feels like that's Florida's shot. Like we had such high expectations for Florida and they still talent wise, they shouldn't have lost. They shouldn't be where they are right now. When you look at what they, what they have, um, they're as talented a team as there is outside of Kentucky in the sec. I would say they're the second most talented team on raw talent. Um, and, and it's a home game, you know, road, road, (laughs) road games are tough in college basketball. And so, you know, Florida to me, if, if you want to say, Hey, we really are, we're not as bad as we started, and we are a team that can do something, get in the tournament and, and play for a, a couple weekends. This is your chance to, to say that. So I think they'll certainly be up for it. I think the, <laughs> I think the best thing of the day is these, these haggard matchups between the four teams in the league that didn't get in the challenge. <laughs> yeah. Ole Miss, Georgia, 9-9 nine and nine Ole Miss, 0-5 oh yeah. in the SEC against Georgia, 11-7, and 1-4 in the SEC, and then Vanderbilt, 8-10, 0-5 against South Carolina. Uh, those right. are just pitiful, sad, pitiful matchups. I mean, that part of it worked out. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, yeah. we don't have out. to watch the worst teams in the league. Uh, play in this thing but it's just unfortunate that the matchups didn't fall a little bit better i like tcu arkansas that's you know tcu Mm -hmm. arkansas is a pretty good game kentucky texas tech is a good game tennessee kansas is at least interesting to me and as you said florida baylor that's that's the big one uh what one thing i wanted to mention before we go um and i meant to mention it earlier as we were kind of breaking down Texas Let me Tech. say one more thing about Baylor, Florida, before yeah. you move on. There is, I think this could be when you're watching this game. Think about Kentucky at Florida, because Baylor, I think, is similar to Kentucky in their backcourt play and a big guy in Freddie Gillespie uh, that's formidable down low. Like Baylor's kind of set up in a similar way that Kentucky is, so you'll get to see how Florida would might play against Kentucky because I think Baylor is similar to Kentucky. Yeah, I think that's a great thought. Uh, and then the thing I wanted to add uh, about Texas Tech is I think the best man in his wedding, in Chris Beard's wedding, certainly one of his uh, groomsmen, was Joe Golding, who is the head coach at Abilene Christian, the oh, guy yeah. who got famous for ripping his pants and just keeping the suit pants that he ripped. Yeah. Uh, and, and I actually embedded with Abilene Christian for the lead-up as they prepared for Kentucky um, for the NCAA tournament, wrote a big story for The Athletic last year uh, out of the first round of just spending the day. They let me come to – all the all the pregame meal and the breakfast and the walkthrough and be in the locker room for the pregame speech and the halftime speech and the postgame speech. That, it was yeah. great. Uh, and Joe Golding is like fantastic. It's obvious why like he and Chris Beard. I think they had. I think Beard had coached him at Abilene Christian, um, and so they became best buddies. They were similar in age. They're so they're very similar as personalities. These you know, kind of fun loving Maverick say anything coaches. Right. Um, and so it'll be. I, mean, I just wonder if uh, Chris Beard has an extra, an extra quality scout on you know just the way Kentucky plays. Um, obviously, a different team, but some of the pieces are the same. And and Cal, you know, Cal Perry doesn't change a whole lot in the way he plays plays the game. So I just wonder if he's got if Chris Beard got an extra, an extra good uh, scout from Joe Golding and uh, Abilene Christian's game plan from the NCAA tournament last year. 
Yeah. Well, before we go, one last just uh, couple notes, because maybe some of you get your news, um, you know, your UK news from us. I, I don't know if, uh, you know, Twitter's out there and this stuff is out there, but also maybe you just, you know, don't spend a lot of time on it and you're depending on us to give you, you know, UK nuggets when it comes to news. But uh, as far as NBA goes, Anthony Davis selected as a starter for the All-Star game in his hometown of Chicago. That's where the All-Star game will be. His seventh straight All-Star game selection in the eight seasons that he's actually been in the NBA. Tyler Hero, uh, Wednesday night, hit a Heat rookie franchise record seven threes in an overtime win against the Wizards at 25 points. If it wasn't for John Morant, Hero might have a shot in the conversation of Rookie of the Year. And then McDonald's All-Americans. Kentucky signees B.J. Boston and Terrence Clark, both named to the McDonald's All-American team, as well as U.K. women's basketball signee Treasure Hunt, named to the team. I'm sure they'll have a lot of fun uh, at the McDonald's All-Star game with the, the, with the name Treasure Hunt. But uh, that's that's basically all we got for you uh, in the uh, finale uh, leading up to Texas Tech, Kentucky. And, Kyle, you're going down there to Lubbock, and so we'll be able to talk about that uh, for for uh, Monday's podcast to lead things off. Be a big win for Kentucky if they can get it. Right, Kyle? You still oh, there? Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I thought you were <laughs> signing off. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. When you hear me tell us on uh, the Twitter <laughs> handles. We'll, That's uh, right. We'll sorry. Off, I started but... reading. I was reading something. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> of course, you can follow me on Twitter at D-R-I-E-F-F-E-R, and Kyle is at... Kyle Tucker underscore ATH, and yes, it would be a huge win if they win in uh, in Lubbock, where I'm going to try to find some good barbecue, if nothing else. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great weekend. You are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.